That's perfect. All right, Seth Greenberg, everybody, the legend, uh, ESPN analyst, and two former two-time uh, ACC Coach of the Year. Uh, thank you so much, Seth, for uh, taking the time. Uh, I know it's pretty crazy, so thank you so much. My pleasure. Hey, you're a persistent guy. And you want to talk ball. All is good. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Um, so as a as a college student, um, my my goal is to work in sports and. Uh, the entertainment industry someday, and you now I was I did some broadcasting in school. I'm a senior now, but it you know it I noticed it wasn't my strength, man. So I switched over to podcasting instead. So uh, it's all fun. So um, yeah. So Seth, I guess to start off, um, no, I'd love to know how you uh, grew a passion for sports. You know, specifically within basketball. I mean, you know, how did that get started? My dad played for the legendary Claire B at LIU way back in the day, and uh, you know I was around basketball I guess, since as long as I can remember. Uh, and my dad introduced me to the game. I still remember as a little kid going to the schoolyards in New York and watching him play with the old timers, but they weren't the, they weren't such old timers back then. And uh, you know that helped to grow. Then I went to the five star basketball camp. Uh, which basically was a life-changing experience listening to Yubi Brown and Bobby Knight and uh, Marv Kessler and all these legendary coaches uh, speak. And, uh, you know, the other guys were at camp with us at that time as just campers, was, you know, the Rick Pitinos, the John Calipari's, besides some of the best players in the, you know, that have ever played. Later on, it was Michael Jordan and Moses Malone and Michael Korn and, and uh, you know, some of the best players in the history of the game that attended the camp. And after I was done as a camper there and I went to, I was going to college, I knew I wanted to coach. I went back to work to five-star camp and it was a breeding ground for some very, very talented young coaches. Uh, in fact, it's funny. I watched Brendan, uh, Michael Malone uh, is the head coach of Nuggets. He was one of our ball boys. His dad was working camp. Brendan Malone, a former wow. assistant coach at Syracuse and head coach at Rhode Island, NBA assistant Ronnie Rothstein, who was with the Nets. Like I said, uh, you, know, you know, Rick Pitino, the, the John Calipari, uh, you know, the line, the, the list of coaches that started at Five Star and ended up having careers in college coaching and the NBA is, is, is incredible. And Five Star basically built bridges for all of us to cross to pursue our you know, our dream of, of coaching in college. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's, hey, man, honestly, major respect. You know, that's not easy. So, um, you know, I mean, talk a little bit more about that. Like, you're talking about, like, your younger self, like, you know, within those college years for you, you know, you went to Fairleigh Dickinson. Um you know, I mean, just just talk about, you know, was it tough for you to, you know, keep motivated or, you know, I mean, as, you know, as a young kid, it can be overwhelming. I mean, you know, did no, you-, you love it. You get lost in the game. I mean, that's what it's all about. You get lost in the game. You get lost in, you know, the process. Uh, you know, I love the game. Uh, I play. I went to Fairleigh Dickinson, which I call affectionately Harvard on the Hackensack. But I went to Fairleigh Dickinson because uh, the coach there was a guy named Alabama, who was a legendary coach. It was Bob Knight's assistant at Army. It was uh, UB Brown's high school coach. Uh, was one of the originators of ball man defense. Uh, great, great teacher, great coach, and he was my best professor. And uh, because I wanted a coach, uh, I wanted to make sure I went and played for a, a legendary coach that could teach me how to become a better teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, because and uh, I majored in communications at Curly just because I thought that the whole key to coaching is communication, connecting. And uh, I was very fortunate. Uh, I had a great experience. Played 
obviously got a scholarship and played Division One college basketball and uh, have great, great friends. In fact, the guys I played with, we started a program called Teammates for Life, which is basically we help raise money for uh, people that have gone through tough times mm. uh, battling uh, some type of health issues. And uh, we raise money and we, we support them and their families through that process. So uh, my, my college experience was terrific because of the people I played with and also obviously the person I played for. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, you know, talk a little bit more about, you know, you know, transitioning into, you know, your coaching career, you know, as you started out as an assistant coach, you know, with Columbia, then Pittsburgh, uh, Virginia and the University of Miami, uh, you know, for for roughly, you know, the next decade or so, Um, you know, talk about like starting out, right? Um, You know, trying to build almost like a portfolio for yourself. Do you feel like your experience, you know, playing basketball or your experience in those college years helped you, you know? I played for a legendary coach. I was part of the five-star family, which opened up doors for my coaching career. I had exposure to the best coaches in the country because they would all come to this camp to watch players. But, you know, a lot of times they were watching coaches. Like, uh, you know, through that camp, I developed relationships with Judd Heathcote, uh, Terry Holland, Mm. who uh, I worked for at Virginia, Dave Odom, who's an assistant at Virginia, who developed a uh, long-term relationship with, uh, you know, Joe Harrington, who I work with at Long Beach State. So, you know, through that camp, you develop a network. It's like anything else in life. You want to, you know, it's life is about relationships Mm. and, and working hard. I was extremely passionate about what I was doing. Uh, I loved the game. I loved being around coaches. I loved helping players get somewhere they could get themselves. I loved being in the gym, developing players. Uh, so I was very fortunate. The day I graduated college, uh, I, that same day, I, I got was named assistant coach at Columbia University for Buddy Bahar, and I was there for two years. Yeah. We had some success, recruited some good players, and uh, from there I went to the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, from Roy Chipman, went to a couple NCAA tournaments, and uh, got a little sideways with coach he kind of asked me to do some things that I wouldn't do uh, went to Virginia the year they went to the Final Four after Ralph Sampson working for Terry Holland who was probably my number one mentor uh, in terms of life uh, during those years uh, I always say I never made a major decision uh, without consulting coach, uh, coach Holland he's just a really really tremendous individual uh, and then I was fortunate to be in the right place at the right time, get the head coaching job at Long Beach State, win enough games where I could, you know, get other opportunities. But I had great, I had great players at Long Beach. We had, you know, we had pros. Absolutely. Lucius Harris, Bryan, Russell, James Cotton, uh, Joaquin Hawkins all played in the NBA. And not only that, they were incredible, incredible people. So I've been very fortunate. Absolutely. I mean, was that a tough transition for you? You know, you know, uh, you know, trying, you know, sort of going to different teams, right? Like making the tr- transition to different teams as an assistant coach. Like, you know, you mentioned how, you know, one of the coaches, you know, you may have not got along with as well as, you know, Terry Holland, who you said is a mentor. So was that like, is that a tough transition for you to, you know, so, uh, you know, in the beginning stage of your coaching career? Well, I mean, just, I mean, it's all about, no, I mean, you know, you go to each place and, and you, know, you change jobs because of opportunity, the people you work for, the doors are going to be open to you, you know, it's like any other profession, I mean, uh, you know, as a young coach, uh, you know, I, Columbia was an incredible learning experience right out of college, I didn't know what I didn't know, I mean, I could make mistakes at Columbia and learn from them, uh, the pit situation, we went from the Eastern 8 to the Big East, that was a great learning experience, and then 
going to Virginia and working with Coach Holland, who was just uh, really understood. And was great with people and great with big picture and uh, steadying influence and calm and uh, but extremely fiercely competitive. Then I went to Miami with Bill Foster, who was a great program builder, started the program at North Carolina Charlotte, had great success at Clemson. We started from scratch. They didn't have a basketball team in Miami then. Uh, and we brought the program back, which was a great experience from, you know, the bottom up building a program and we didn't have a place to practice we didn't have a basketball we didn't have a rim we didn't have a player and you know that was such a valuable lesson uh as i moved forward and then uh well, with joe harrington to long beach state right a little bit on a whim uh, the, uh just thinking that it, you know it was an interesting opportunity they had been down they had a great tradition uh it was a hard job, but we won enough as an assistant coach for Joe Harrington to become a head coach, which opened up the door for me to become a head coach. And from there, uh, I was fortunate to have opportunities. So the last one, obviously, at Virginia Tech, where we were in the Big East. Mm-hmm. And I was basically hired because we were in the Big East, but then we moved to the ACC, which was a fit our geographic footprint, which was perfect for uh, Virginia Tech moving forward. And, you know, over a five-year period, we were the third-wingest program in the ACC behind Duke in North Carolina, which I'm really proud of. Yeah, no, absolutely, and, and as you should. Um, you know, it's crazy. So, I mean, you know, talk about, uh, I mean, so, you know, you're at Long Beach State, um, you know, as a head coach. You know, you're there in, throughout the 90s, basically. Um, you know, one of, the, one of the favorite games I'm going to bring up this date, January 25th, 1993, upset over number one uh, Kansas um, at the Allen Fieldhouse. Um, you, you won the Big West Tournament. Um, I mean, talk about, you know, that must have given you some some huge confidence, right, for, for the course of your career. Well, the, funny, the funny thing about the Kansas game is the game prior, that was a road trip. We played Pacific at home, won the game, got in a plane, flew to Richmond to play the, a very good VCU team with Kendrick Warren, coached by Sonny Smith. And uh, flight was delayed. We got in really, really uh, early in the morning, played that evening. We lost by about 100. And then we flew to Lawrence, Kansas, and we played Kansas when they were number one in the country. Uh and we had one of the hardest practices we've ever had that Sunday because I was you know, the standards is standard. You can't lower the standard. And, right. uh, we weren't ready to play against VCU, and VCU was really good. And we won that game, which was a, obviously a tremendous win, uh, and one that gave us confidence that we could play with anyone in the country. Mm, no, ab- absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and then then you go to South Florida, right? In in, in 1996 to to 2003. That was a tough job. I didn't do a great job in South Florida. I, I took me to figure out exactly how we had to win. I had great players. Had some very good players. Uh, Alshon Jackson, BB Walden, Reggie Cohen. Uh, we won games, but uh, we never got over the hump. And uh, if I had to do it all over again, I might have done things a little bit differently there in terms of putting together our team, but. Uh, you know, great athletic director Paul Griffin, and uh, you know, and, and and a good experience in helping you grow. Yeah, absolutely, and and it certainly did, right? You know, absolutely, like you killed it with with Virginia Tech. You know, um, you know, for the basically the next decade uh, with with Virginia Tech. Uh, you know, I mean, was there a moment? I mean, I know this is such a a uh, broad question, but you know, what was what was something that you were most proud of throughout your time in 
in Virginia Tech, you know, throughout your coaching career there. And we graduated every single guy to play that stuck around four years except one, and that guy's since graduated. So I'm pretty proud of that. And then we took the worst program that was in the Big East, and we ended up being one of the best programs in the ACC for five years with minimal support of the administration. So I'm really proud of that. And uh, the guys I had, I mean, I mean, you look at Jamon Gordon, Xavier Dowdell, uh, having Deron Washington, Terenzo Hudson, uh, Malcolm Delaney, Jeff Allen. I mean, we had really, really good guys. Um, and we won a lot of big games. We you know, we beat four number one teams, three of them yeah. when I was at Virginia Tech. We won at Duke. We won at Carolina within a 10-day period, yep. which very few people do. We won at the Comcast Center multiple times. Uh, so, I mean, uh, we went from the worst program uh, basically, when we went into the ACC, people said, why would you do that? It's an embarrassment to the league. Till all of a sudden, you know, our first year, we were in a, our first year in the league, we were fourth in the league, got to buy in the ACC tournament. For the next five years, we got to buy in the ACC tournament. So, right. uh, to me, uh, that, that was great. But it was great because we had really good players that really really were extremely competitive yeah no absolutely so what 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 game in your opinion was the most memorable for you i mean you guys beat number one wake forest you beat number one unc as you just stated uh you beat you defeated duke as when they were the number five seed and when they were the number one seed uh i mean was there one that was just like man you know, I mean, I'm sure they all felt great. No, but. I, 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 I never pick one because it's not fair to the guys that busted their tails uh, to help you get those other ones to help us win. But you know, obviously, when you win, at, one year we lose on a half court buzzer shot at Duke. The next year we come back and win the game in overtime. Uh, that was you know, that was pretty special, uh, especially for that group that had been through so much. Uh, but I mean, look, they're all, I mean, every single team has its own identity and its own personality. And you want to, you never want to pick one game over another because it's not fair to the guys that busted their tail mm. for you for, you know, hours and hours and hours at a time to, you know, try to find a way to win a game because it's hard winning games. Yeah, basketball's a hard sport. And it's hard winning games. Absolutely, absolutely. So I mean, you know, I had a phenomenal coaching career. Your transition uh, as a as an analyst for ESPN, um, you know, talk about that transition, right? Like, did you feel more relaxed on game day as an analyst? Like, I mean, describe the difference between those two daily routines. Well, the difference is when you you know, ESPN when the game's over, it's over. I mean, uh, you know, you can eat and actually taste your food. You yeah. Virginia, uh, when you're coaching, you know, winning is relief and losing is misery. And, uh, you know, you're just waiting for the next problem to come on your plate. The greatest thing about ESPN is the people you work with. Uh, work with incredible people, selfless people uh, that just want to have a good show, whether it's the producers, the directors, uh, the researchers. Uh, it's amazing how everyone is pulling in the same direction. And, it's, uh, and that's what makes ESPN so special. Uh, and that's what makes ESPN a place that, you know, quite honestly, why it is what it is, why it is the worldwide leader, why it is a place that uh, produces what, what the work that's done at ESPN at every level on every platform is second to none. So, mm. yeah, it's fortunate. My job is real simple. I ask, answer questions, mm-hmm. and, and 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 I look at games, and the game the game tells the story, mm-hmm. and it's my job to react to the story. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, and and the most important thing, anyone in the media can't have an agenda. You know, look at the game through uh, a neutral 
glasses. And, and, and if you have an agenda, then that you're imposing your agenda on the game. And you should never do that. Mm. Uh, it's not fair to the players. It's not fair to the coaches. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, one, one question I wanted to ask you was, who is probably, I know this is tough, but who is probably the most talented person you've coached? And who is the most talented person you've you know watched or, or analyzed with ESPN? Yeah, I don't, again, I don't like to pick sing, singular player. I mean, I, I you know, at least as Brian Russell had a 12-year NBA career. As Joaquin Hawkins played for the, for, for the Rockets. Uh, Marlon Wiley way back played for Dallas Mavericks. Uh, I had Dorian Finney-Smith, who's now with Dallas. I had, you know, Jamal Gordon, Xavier Dowdell, my backcourt that beat Carolina and Duke out on the road, were as good as any of those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Malcolm Delaney, who's, played, you know, who's one of the best players in Europe, played two years in the NBA, was phenomenal. I, you know, I don't like to single out players because, yeah. like I said, they all deserve their 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 credit because they were, you know, they were really good players, hard playing players, great teammates, and, and incredible people. So, uh, absolutely, uh, I don't like to do that. Uh, I was fortunate to coach some really really good players mm, absolutely is there one player that sticks to your mind that you wish you could have you could have coached uh hold on a second here uh could have coached no i mean you know, like, look you're gonna lose guys in recruiting and that's just the way it is uh but no i mean look i mean the guys that you know that i've covered i'm gonna say you know i've had a chance to see you know Zion up close and personal. I had a chance to see these great North Carolina teams. I, you know, I go every year and spend a couple of days in Kentucky watching. Right. You know, uh, you know their their players. And I, in the summer, I work Kyle's fantasy camp and speak at his coaches' clinic. So I've just, I, you know, I've seen a lot of really good players in my day. And uh, you know, I saw Michael Jordan before he was Michael Jordan, MJ. He came to the five star basketball camp. No one even knew who he was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so. Uh, you know, the one thing is players continue to get better, and, and uh, you know the game is at such a level right now; it's it's incredible. And uh, you know, it, I'm fortunate I get the best seat in the house for the best games. And yeah, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know this is this is another tough question, but if you had to choose, uh, whether it's the first portion of your career as coaching or the second portion of your career as an analyst, if you had to pick one, what 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 would you prefer, the first or, or second? Oh, I, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I, it's, it's not an easy one to address. I've been very, very fortunate uh, given the opportunities I've been able to have, and uh, I don't take anything for granted. I've been very, very fortunate. I miss coaching. Everyone misses coaching. You miss coaching because you have a chance to impact others. It is nothing better than to help someone get somewhere they can't get themselves. That's a that's an amazing feeling. Uh, the feeling of putting together a plan and seeing if that plan works uh, is an amazing feeling. Um, so, you know, you miss coaching. You don't miss some of the negative things, but you surely miss uh, being in the gym, helping guys grow, develop, mature, being part of their lives so that they, when they come back, you can see them uh, as parents, as husbands. Uh, that's what you miss about coaching. Absolutely. You know, getting invited to weddings, you know, finding out about when babies are born or seeing your players, you know, change, going to that, that next stage of their lives. So there's so much to it. Uh, I'm very fortunate to have two incredible careers and uh, work with incredible people. Absolutely. If well, I guess to wrap it up, what advice would you give to your, young, your younger self or a college student today? Yeah, just be patient. Uh, get lost in the process. Get lost in what you're doing. Uh, 
you know, to me, uh, you have a brand and protect it. Uh, you got to really understand who you are and how you win. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, be genuine, be honest, be real, be memorable, but be yourself. Absolutely. Uh, no one, you know, feel comfortable in your own skin because too many times you see everyone wants to try to be someone they're not or compares themselves to someone else. Run your own race. And, uh, you know, when you run your own race, be true to yourself. And if you're that and you really kind of commit to understanding who you are and the essence of what makes you potentially successful, that's what it's all about. Absolutely. Uh, Seth, thank you so much, man. I I know you're super busy, so I I can't describe how grateful I am for you taking the time. And if there's any way I could support you, uh, feel free to reach out whenever. Really appreciate it. You got it, man. Good luck on your career. All right. Thank you. Finish up school. All right. Thanks, Seth. Bye-bye. Bye.